I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. Here we are on Friday night, praise and prayer. I'm so excited to be uh, coming to you guys, and we're going to start some music here, get the proper statement up here. We had a little few few technical difficulties as as Gus and I've been gone to Israel, and so we came back from what was it? It was like uh, 12 straight days of travel. I guess it was 10 days of heavy activities. And so it was a beautiful experience. Uh, Gus is uh, rebooting his machine to get get uh, on here in a second, and we'll we'll go we'll we'll start uh, digging into some of John nine here very shortly uh, once Gus gets on. But I tell you what, we're gonna play a couple of songs first anyway to just start worshiping. Uh, so I will uh, I will talk a little bit about uh, John nine is where we're gonna be studying right now. So again, if you want to know about the first eight chapters. Of John, just go look up Friday night praise and prayer, and go back, and uh, you'll go all the way to chapter one, where we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the weather, the the uh, the fact that uh, the the creator of the universe was there in John one one, right? The word was with God, the word was God. We talk about that a lot in John fourteen, where it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, uh, and we've seen his glory. Glory from of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. So though that's this beautiful setup. If you just go and read John 1.1 about the Word became flesh, which is Jesus, right? And we know that Jesus is the Word, and uh, He is also the light. He is uh, the he, he is He's the bread of life. There's so much uh, we really learn. He's the living water. Uh, so we're going to be digging in through John 1 through 9 as we dig into this. I'm going to show you a couple things here. The first thing is uh, the probably one of the major verses in here. So says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So we're going to be studying about the light of the world right now and also healing, the healing that he did. And he did it on the Sabbath. And that was a major thing is the intent of the Sabbath versus the man-made laws around it that really messed everything up, right? That's why we are going to uh, really study this and, and dig into 
healing on the Sabbath and why the Pharisees and Sadducees end, end up becoming a religious, legalistic group of people that ended up being prideful and judgmental versus, versus teaching people the intent of the law and intent of what God wanted the Sabbath to be with the intent of what he wanted us to love and all that went away with all these man-made rules. And that is happening in today's church, I believe, in many ways. The cessation teaching that the Holy Spirit's no longer active, that healings don't happen, that prophets aren't active, is just a false teaching and part of, I believe, these same man-made rules that leads to a lack of love, a lack of activity of the Holy Spirit, and also leads to judging anybody who speaks in tongues, judging anybody who believes there's healing and sees healing happen in their own hands, right? And that's just that's just a horrible uh, thing that we have going on in most megachurches. Most evangelical churches need to wake up to the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's a lot about what we're going to be talking about as we study John 1. So uh, Gus will be coming on here after he reboots and, and we'll get into that. But we're going to just start singing a little bit here while we're waiting for, for Gus to come on. And we'll get into and dig into, again, chapter 9 of John. We're going to start with a revelation song. It's all about worship. We really believe that if you get into worship and have the right um, attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness and worshiping your Lord and God Almighty, you'll be able to learn the Scripture and apply it better as the Holy Spirit's residing in you and us. So that is why we do word and worship versus just jumping into the Bible right away. So let's look at Revelation song, a beautiful song about Jesus. Um, it talks about, worthy is the lamb who was slain. We know who the lamb was slain, right? That is Jesus himself. Revelations 5.12 talks about him saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. This is who we honor. This is who we get authority from. Uh, the second part of this song that we emphasize talks about, sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. The mercy seat was very important. You see in Revelation, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb and they sang a new song. So this is about singing a new song. And uh, we don't have the mercy seat anymore in Revelation. Why? Because that very mercy seat is risen from the dead. right? And that's what you'll see back in Exodus 25 where, it, where in before Christ died and rose again. It says, you shall have a, make a mercy seat of pure gold and you shall put on the mercy seat on the top of the ark. There, will, there I will meet with you. So that was a one time a year, one time a year, the Holy of the Holies, where the priest would go in there. But now um, we have the New Testament. What happened when Christ died for us? It says, but when Christ appeared as high priest, he entered once and for all into the holy places by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. That's why that curtain between the veil in between the Holy of Holies, it was when Christ died, ripped from top to bottom, <sighs> separating, knowing that we now have access through Christ to this mercy seat ourselves. Is that just not awesome? This says, who was and is and is to come. This talks about, I am the Alpha, the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who was to come, the Almighty. This is who we're worshiping, the King Kings. And this song does it beautifully, the Revelation song.
shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, and you shall put it in the mercy seat on top of the ark. There I will meet you. But when Christ appeared as the high priest, he entered once and for all into the holy place by means his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Woof. We're going to get our hearts right and just do one more song before we dig into John 9. This is Graves into Gardens. A beautiful song that talks us about how awesome our Lord is because there's nothing better than Him, right? This verse, verse that we emphasize talks about that. That you're the only one who can. He's the only one that can do this because he is the supernatural creator, right? Exodus 8.10 says that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. Exodus 8.10. I count everything at a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's what Paul was saying, right? In Philippians 3.8. Everything's a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. Woo! This song talks about turning mourning into dancing, sadness into dancing. You give beauty for ashes. Right out of Psalm 30, 11 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the mourning. The song also talks about turning bones into armies. Right out of Ezekiel 37, where these dead bones in this desert were there. And what did God tell Ezekiel to do? He told him to prophesy. So he prophesied, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Beautiful example of how powerful God is. And he can turn seas into highways. Like this Moses stretched, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. Woo! <laughs> Let's sing Graves in the Garden.
be them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for the morning. That you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Oh my goodness. What beautiful music and graphics. Um, just love how we've attached that to scripture as well so you can understand as we worship what we're really worshiping is the word of God and the Lord uh, God Almighty, right? Um, that's what we're going to be doing here. So I want to dig into some scripture now. I'm sure my partner in crime will be back after. I'm sure uh, I, I've made a mistake of probably telling him to reboot. And it's probably updating all his uh, graphic cards or whatever. <laughs> so we'll have Gus here in a bit. But let me dig into a little bit of John 9. It says, Jesus heals a man born blind. This is a great story. We're going to try to get through all of this because it kind of culminates in the whole story. As he passed by, he saw a, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, and this is in red letters, or you, those of you who are looking on the screen, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it's day, night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground, made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Shalom, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. This is actually the first um, example we have anywhere in Old Testament, anywhere up to this timeline that they've done timelines, right? Where literally a blind man born, a man, a, a man born blind, actually was healed for the first time in history, right? And we'll see that later in the story as well. And you look at this first verses nine, nine. I mean, chapter nine, verses one through seven here. Um, you can analyze a little bit of this. That's interesting, right? Um, verse four is probably the thing that's most unique, where he says, "We must." work the works of him who sent me while it's day night is coming when no one will work and as you dig into this this is talking about um while christ was here on earth he was the light of the world just like he says in verse five but that's during the day right that's right now during his his first coming where he's you know, on earth but night is coming which is going to be his crucifixion and no one can work so during that time they're going to be in hiding they're scared they're not doing anything the holy spirit hasn't come down in them yet and all that awesome works that he did here on earth just stops right because it's it's night if you will and the light of the world is not in the world for those three days when he was actually in the grave um many people talk about him descending into hell etc i don't want to get into that as much as just to understand that the light of the world was here then all of a sudden it was squelched and Satan thought he had won, right? That's the Friday night that people talk about a lot of times. Um, I, I do a, a much deeper teaching on what night that probably really was. <laughs> um, if you look at the four days of inspection and everything that has to happen, he was the Passover lamb. We talked about that on Passover. But anyway, the whole point is, is that that's, I think, what four really is talking about. We must work the works of him. So Jesus was urgently listened to his father trying to accomplish everything the, that the, the father wanted him to accomplish while he was here during the day because he knew that his crucifixion was coming and at that point in time no one would be working until they received the Holy Spirit 
50 days later on Pentecost, right? As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground, right? So here we see also him doing something that all, almost goes back to creation. If you think about that, all the way back in Genesis 2-7, here you'll see, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So we see this a lot of times. So this is an interesting process if you look at this because he took dust and made man, right? But uh, man wasn't alive until what happened? What did God do? He breathed into him the breath of life. And you see that in Ezekiel 37 as well when the bones came together and flesh on flesh started growing, they started rattling and everything. But they didn't breathe until he told Ezekiel to prophesy and breathe the breath of God into him. All right, so this is the very, his very words that created the world, his very breath which, which creates life. And uh, that's why we say he's, he is the light of the world. He is uh, the living water. Everything comes from our creator, which is the Lord God Almighty. And uh, I see Gus coming on, so we'll see when, when he uh, is able to get his sound working and everything. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how are your eyes opened? Again, this has never happened in history, right? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. It's interesting he used the word anointed there. Anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Shalom and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. So here we have him telling others about this now, right? And people really being shocked that a man who was born blind can actually see. So Gus, just interrupt and let me know when you have sound. He might be still been having issues with his computer. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Now this is the first time they mentioned the Sabbath, right? He's just doing his father's work. Amazing things, doing the father's work, right? Healing people, uh, bring it, free, you know, bringing freedom. This is uh, Isaiah 61 talks about of what he did. In fact, I'm just going to bring that up real quick because I think that's interesting. Remember, he read the scrolls when he first started his ministry in Israel when he got uh, when he got rejected, and that is what Jesus came to do. He made really clear when he read Isaiah 61 right out of in the synagogue right there. Right. In fact, I'll show you pictures of the synagogue. Uh, maybe delaying a little bit for Gus to be able to contemplate, con, um, uh, uh, comment on all these uh, early scriptures. But what you see here, the year of the Lord's favor. The fear of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, as he's reading out of the scroll, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring liberty for the captives, and the opening of the prisons of those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Lord's favor. And he stopped right there. So now we see he came to save the world, to set the crafties free, to open the prisons of those who are bound, to bind up the brokenhearted, bring good news to the poor. This is why Jesus came. It wasn't to do what they were expecting, and that was to, they wanted the day of vengeance on the Romans, right? <laughs> and we talk about in some of our end of, end, of, uh, end times teachings, 
I believe this is where we're going right now. All right, we got uh, we got Gus here. So I guess you got. I have had a ride just now. Uh -huh. Hope there's not. Hang on. Yeah, it's not the best sound, but we'll do the best we can here. All right, how about now? Ah, that's better. That's better. I had the phone still on. All right. I, I lost my email. I lost everything, and I finally I had it on my phone, so I emailed that to myself. I picked up my computer. <laughs> but anyway, praise God, I'm here. Hello, everybody. Sure All right. Going. All right. Good. Well, let me finish this point real quick, and we'll come back and have you right. comment on the first part of uh, John nine. So the point here, guys, is that Jesus came to set the captives free, not for vengeance, right? For the it's a year of the Lord's favor, and uh, and that's what we really understand why Jesus came, and he was just doing his father's business. So he didn't care whether it was a Sabbath or not, right? Because the intent of the Sabbath is for wholeness and goodness and rest, right? And well-being and rest is what what the whole rest the Sabbath is all about, not about rules. And judging other people for not doing things the way you would do them. And that's why these man-made laws of the Pharisees were so evil. Because they didn't want him to even heal somebody on the Sabbath. And they actually had a rule about not, not kneading clay. Right? You know how a potter used to work with the clay? And so they considered him spinning on the ground and taking some mud and anointing the eyes of a blind man as work. That should not be done on the Sabbath. So the first time ever somebody gets that's born blind gets healed and what do you see here judgmental pharisees um calling him down right and i think we're seeing a lot of that judgmentalness happen right now within the church of the legalistic church and we got to be really careful of that as we are really um be, uh, i just getting back to be careful who you follow right you need to be you need to be in a church in into uh, uh, uh spending your time in the Word, spending your time with Him, spending time and understanding what the Holy Spirit power really is all about and how God is going to use us at this point in time. But um, So we read through the first part of this, Gus. I don't know if you wanted to jump in on anything about where um, we see the disciples ask Him um, who has sinned, and He basically says, hey, it's for the glory of God. Any thoughts on this first part about Him saying that, um, he's coming to. As long as I'm in the world, I'm in the. I'm, I am the light of the world. Uh, the first thing that really jumped out at me was that as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. How do you see a man blind from birth? You can see a man that might look like he's blind, but how do you know he's blind from birth? And what hit me was. Uh, John 4:12 for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and he's a discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our hearts so it's like Jesus just looked into that man and knew hey this guy's blind but he knows everything all things right he's omnipresent I'm omnipotent omnipresent what's the three things <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that was the first thing that jumped out at me um omniscient he's all-knowing he's on the power omnipotent and omnipresent right right and and oftentimes i know i mean early on in my christianity i didn't when i thought of jesus i thought of the man of jesus or the picture that we've seen a million times and i try not to think of it that way i try to think of it as he is the word from the beginning that was with god and was god now he became a flesh man uh, and then, like I just quoted this scripture, the Word of God, that's talking about Jesus, because he's the Word. He's, he was the Word, the prophets of old, every time 
the Lord came to us as thus says the word of the Lord or the word of the Lord came to Elijah or whoever so it was he just in a different form you hadn't become a man yet but anyway uh, mm -hmm. the other thing was uh, who sinned him or his parents you know they want to pin it on somebody somebody's fault right yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically they're looking in my opinion they're looking at God not through the lens of love that he is because he loves us and a lot of church and misconceptions tell us oh you God did this to you because you sinned over here or whatever but if you look at Psalm 103 10 I believe it is tells us he has not dealt with us after our sins nor reward us according to uh, to our iniquities whereas the heaven is high above the earth so great is his mercy toward them that fear him so I think he's taking care of all that in the end I mean he came not to condemn or judge the world but that the world through him that is through the word of God might be saved so I think all of us all everybody out there that might be sick in body and uh, I think it's no secret my back issues I just know I declare every day by your stripes I'm healed Lord I keep declaring it and I know it doesn't hasn't aligned with it's, it's already done the moment I prayed it and believed it it was done mm -hmm. because his word says that it just hasn't hit that moment yet so he's got a planned moment I guess or whatever but everybody that's sick out there should think that same way why am I sick not because I did something wrong because we're not saved by our works it's the other thing that came to me. we're saved by our faith we're saved by grace, his grace, through faith, our faith in him. So Amen. people got to change that thinking, I think. And we should all think that we're sick so that the, wor the, the works of God can be made manifest in us. So seek someone, pray for you out there. Uh, Amen. And get healed. Amen. So that's, that's a few of the things I was thinking of there. Awesome, awesome. And I'm going to continue down here a little bit because it's, it's interesting how we see this Sabbath issue. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees, here we have, again, the Pharisees and Sadducees we hear all about. These are legalistic people who, with man-made rules. And uh, the love and intent of the Sabbath was not being fulfilled as much as it was these rules that they made. No kneading of clay. So, this, so the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. You can see right there the judgmentalness of the man-made rules versus the intent of rest and wholeness of the uh, and well-being that the Sabbath is all about. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? So at least some of the, it looks like the Pharisees as well, was actually questioning and and actually just not making a judgment before they actually thought through things and there was a division among them so they said again to the blind man what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes he said he is a prophet the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called his parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them is this your son who you say was born blind how then does he not see? How does he now see? His parents answered, 
we know that this is our son and that he was born blind but how he now sees we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes ask him he is of age he will speak for himself his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, the leadership of the Jews, most likely the Pharisees that are talking here. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he has to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So now we're going to see he brings him in for a second time. But before we go on, I wanted to just get a little bit more thinking from, from uh, Gus about what do you think about this whole thing about the Sabbath and healing on the Sabbath. Well, like like you've said, Rick, they man added a lot to the laws that God had that Moses they gave Moses. I think trying to impress God, though he's no respecter of persons. I mean, the Bible is a story about his goodness, not our goodness. But when we discover who Christ is and the love he has for us, he we love him because he loved us first, right? So it's not about our works to get saved or to impress God. It's about our belief, like our father Abraham believed God, and that was his righteousness. Belief is our righteousness, not our works. Mm -hmm. And when we believe, then our works become his works through us because we're believing on his word and put it into action. But one scripture that came to me, Rick, was uh, was Mark 2.27, yeah, where Jesus had told them that Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath, mm-hmm. which says a whole lot. It's made for them to rest, not not man for the Sabbath. We're not supposed to like serve the Sabbath and try to outdo each other on, hey, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. But uh, what a what a shame! The guy gets healed of blindness, blind all his life, and they want to dicker over. Oh, you did this on the Sabbath, you know? It's it's crazy. Yeah, totally crazy. Yeah, it's what's uh, good. It's what good is looked. What what good is bad, and bad is good, right? We talk about that um, all the time, and that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing in today's age. If we apply that to today, we're seeing that very thing, right? Where someone who loves their country and loves the Lord is is called a white supremacist nationalist, a, a Christian nationalist. Like that's negative, right? So we see that right yeah. now. Here you have somebody who's literally. Um, the power of God is in his hands. He is God in flesh, right? He heals a man and he's looked at, oh my goodness, you're a sinner. You you, you uh, worked on the Sabbath. This shows you the depravity of the mind that happened to religious people sometimes. Amen. Amen. And with that, uh, go ahead. I was just going to reiterate the original point to really drive it home for folks that are out there feeling hopeless. This man was blind from birth and all he had to do was believe you know going back to what he like you rick he took the mud and spittle and anointed spit <laughs> and rubbed it in his eyes and yes we are made of the dust of the earth it's like he did reconstructive surgery on his eyeballs but he told him go to the you know rinse out in the pool so shalom salome or whatever so when you hear god in your thoughts through his word believe what he says and do what he says be obedient to it because that's what got him healed was believing and doing jesus christ himself said i do those things 
I, I say those things I hear my father say, and I do the things I see my father do. Everything he's doing, he's led of the Spirit of God. So basically our sins, like him being blind, it, it comes from ignorance a lot, you know, because the enemy has, he, he's a, he tricks us. You know, the word of God protects us from the schemes of the fowler. So the deceiver, the Lord, yeah, <laughs> he deceives us and tricks us into touching unclean things or uh, doing things to curse ourselves with our own mouth, unbeknownst to us. And that's what deliverance is all about. Or it's really just adhering to God's word because the word Second Corinthians 10, three through five tells us that that we do not walk, although we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our wherefore are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's strong those strongholds, pulling those down. You're basically the past beliefs in your in your system. You're listening to the word and letting the word deliver you and uproot those old beliefs and plant his word in there and, and to restore you. Romans 12, 2 tells us not to be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So it's all about getting all the junk intel from all our life out, getting his word in and start a new life. Behold, all things become new, right? So. Amen. And I think it's real critical here for this period of time with all the turmoil happening and all the exposures happening and uh, good being called bad and bad being called good is that you do just that, renew your mind with the word of God, right? And another key part Amen. of that is to worship. And that's what I want to move into a song about just that. Make sure we always have our hearts right when we're learning the Word of God. This is uh, Here I Am to Worship. And it talks about the light of the world that we just talked about. You step down into darkness. And that's what John 8, 12 talks about. And Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this talks about the song, and we emphasize, it says, Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. John 20, 28, it was Thomas answered him, and after he saw Jesus' wounds and a resurrected body, he said, My Lord and my God. You're altogether lovely. You're altogether worthy. Revelation talks about that. Worthy are you, O Lord our, and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Revelation 4.11 And then another part of this song talks about, I'll never know how much it cost to, uh, to see my sin up on that cross. Right? And Mark 10.45 talks about that. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for money. It reminds me of Ephesians uh, 5.25 that talks about husbands love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is the time just to worship him. This is how we learn. This is how we understand who he is. Let's worship him. Here I am to worship. And here I am to worship 
Light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Woo, worthy are you, our Lord of God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things.
Amen, amen. Amen. We'll do one more. Would you mind reading these, uh, Gus? I would absolutely love to. Okay, this one here, the first line we're highlighting is, You are Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Mine's is Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. It'll change your thinking, renew your mind. The second verse is, You are here, moving in our midst. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And then 2 Timothy 1.14 tells us, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, in our midst, up from our belly comes rivers of living water, right? Mm-hmm. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. The mm-hmm. third verse is, You are here working in this place but jesus answered them said my father is working until now and i am working until now at john 5 17. promise keeper fully convinced that god was able to do what he had promised in romans 4 21. hallelujah hallelujah good news right there mm-hmm. he's the way maker
you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And that is who he is. Hey, I got a couple things on my heart here, Rick, if I can share first. Sure. <laughs> While I'm sitting here and I struggled as I was coming in tonight because my computer was all messed up and boggled up with all kinds of junk and I couldn't find this and that and I had to reboot. And he's given me this analogy before. You know, church even teaches us that you got to come clean or or they'll say uh, God catches them, we clean them. Or God does all the work in us. And there's a scripture somewhere, I can't think of where it is, maybe somebody could put it in the chat, but he says, it's not the healthy that need healing, or need it's the sick. Mm -hmm. So come as you are. It's all about Mark meeting Jesus, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's all about meeting Jesus and letting him, believing his word and letting his word just transform your life, no matter where you've been, he wants, he came to rescue us. I mean, he came all the way from heaven through Mary's womb, born just like we are so he could experience the human life, everything that we experience here on earth and show us that in man, in flesh, with the spirit of the father within him, he endured the, the works of the cross. Of course, he, he knew that's what he came for, was to die for us, to pay for our sin, to take all that away. So long as we believe in him and it's, it's exciting. It's not like you got to go to church every Sunday and you got to do this and cross the I's and dot the T's. You just got to wake up every morning prayerful and full of praise, thanking God for another day. Read some scripture, meditate, contemplate on him. Tell him you love him. Tell him why you love him. And just, just experience the day and look for him everywhere you go. Look for him and in little subtle ways, he'll speak to you. You go to the supermarket. You'll think something, oh, that's just me thinking that. And I can tell you stories where I follow through with those good thoughts and great things happen. It's amazing. So, Amen. Uh, Amen. And what came to me was Isaiah 61.1 when Jesus standing in the temple, the temple that Rick and I saw, the synagogue where he said this, I believe. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Think of that's you when you get the Holy Spirit and you, you believe. He came to set the example that we are to be. So there it is. Yes. Uh, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's what we do. We bring good news to those who haven't discovered this yet. Yes. He has sent me to bind, bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's not just people in prison, physical prison. Many people are trapped in prisons in their mind and from traumas in the past, from things that happened for, for whatever. We're here to set them free with, with, free with the word of God and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. It's, it's just exciting mm -hmm. what we're called to be here. We're going to renew this earth one soul at a time. Amen. And here's, here's and the verse you're talking about. To the computer analogy, though, I had to reboot my computer. It's about rebooting your computer, your operating mm -hmm. system. Yeah. <laughs> getting rid of the junk and putting in the word yeah, from it, the, our original equipment manufacturer, yeah. God himself. <laughs> yeah, all those bugs get in there and all those uh, memory crashes and then you just uh, reboot and it refreshes you and renews your mind back to the, right to where God needs you, right? <laughs> Amen. This, this is Mark 2.17 and when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, 
I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Right? Amen. Yeah, the, that's one of my memory verses, guys. And you can find all my memory verses at um, go to BibleMemory.com, BibleMemory.com, or just download Bible Memory on your app. And then you can look at Blessed Teach, Blessed with the number two teach, like everything else. And uh, look at the groups, Blessed to Teach, and you'll be able to find my memory verses. And you can take those and add your own, subtract things you don't like. Um, but Bible memory on a, is a very great habit to get into to put the Word of God in your heart. Um, I wanted to get back to this, this story real quick. This is awesome. Yeah. So we got, we got into um, the whole blind man, um, and they brought him for a second time now. So here we see here in verse 24, for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. You know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> Just, just talk about leading, leading a witness, right? <laughs> he, right? He answered, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And this is interesting. So here's the Pharisees, these schooled, memorizing scriptures, religious people sitting here talking to a man that's been blind all his life and has never read a word in his life, but has heard about God and talked to people about God, right? And, and, and obviously he's now gonna give these Pharisees a lesson. He says, he answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> <laughs> Being a little snarky to him. Can, can, yeah, can you imagine they were, that had to really offend him. And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, why this is amazing thing you do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Woo, any thoughts on that paragraph there, Gus? <laughs> well, they're still basing everything on works, trying to be better than one, and the other, one another. And it's, there's another place in scripture that says, talks about people comparing us to each other, which is not wise. We should never, we should all compare ourselves to Christ. Mm -hmm. He's the... He's the datum point, the, the, the plumb line. He's one that we aspire to be, though without his spirit within us, we could never be. That was the problem in the Old Testament. The Old Testament law was basically a picture of holiness and what was required to be next to God, to be with God. But because of sin, we block ourselves from God. But now we have this new pathway through Christ, gives us this period of grace to where we can we can be saved and then through the process of sanctification waking up every day you don't have to worry about judging anyone everyone works out their own salvation in fear and trembling we wake up every day the holy spirits can convict you if you do something that's offensive to god and then you all you have to do is speak to god lord i see that 
I pray you forgive me, help me not to do this anymore. And he will, he'll lead you and guide you and strengthen you. And you'll notice things that were habits, habitual habits of the past. You'll become new, a new man. Uh, if you truly believe and just follow him. A new, a new creation. Amen. Yeah, I love it. Yes. And, and then another... legalistic that's, we know who's legalistic, right? It's, it's the devil. Mm -hmm. That's why when we speak negative things over ourselves, when we claim diseases to ourselves, that's not good. Claim healing to yourself. Speak life, not death. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we start speaking his words through our vessel. Mm -hmm. We sanctify. We, we wash this vessel out. We clean it of everything of the past. And we become new. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Amen. And Another thing that hit me in, in this part of the scripture is just how a person that just is seeking God and, you know, is a blind man, he gets healed and he's so excited and he, he understood what happened is this was a miracle. This was from God and he, and Jesus is obviously from God, right? That was just an obvious thing, but this, these rules and this legalistic religious thinking kept them from seeing just the basic truth. The basic truth that Jesus is doing good and amazing works, and he is obviously from God. And in fact, these guys had so much pride, pride becomes before the fall, right? That they literally threw him out of the synagogue when he was teaching truth. And they, mm -hmm. it, and that's what's happening today in many uh, churches where people that are working in the power of the Holy Spirit, that are prophesying truth, and uh, they're being rejected by most of the churches right now. And we're starting to see uh, this, this come right back around. And Amen. Well, they said, too, that they're disciples of Moses. Mm -hmm. Meaning Moses brought the law in Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. they, they looked at it totally wrong. Mm -hmm. Being legalistic about everything. It was to show us that we couldn't do it, so they'd have to sacrifice lambs. All in image of Christ the sacrificial lamb amen but they didn't even know the word if they knew the word of god truly knew it the way he intended they would have recognized the many scriptures of the coming messiah that's why god spoke through the prophets first to tell us so that when he came we'd recognize and we'd know hey this is this man's truly from god but unfortunately jesus kept dropping those little seeds along the way and it wasn't until he hung on the cross when they said truly this man was the son of god mm -hmm. right yeah it reminds me of acts uh, uh where, where this is the berean jews were more noble character of those of thessalonica because they 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 received the message with great eagerness and searched the scriptures every day to see if what paul said was true and so these these pharisees because of the legalists and religious they didn't search the scriptures to see if Jesus was really the Messiah, right? Instead, right. they just threw this man out. And you'll see the next part of this, this man that got thrown out sees Jesus in this next phase. And it says, Jesus heard that the man had cast him out. And having found him, said, do you believe in the Son of Man? This is Jesus in red letters. He asked this man, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? See, I was earnestly seeking knowledge. Mm -hmm. Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and he is speaking to you. Whoa. Can you imagine? And what does this man say? Well, right there, can I interject? Sure. Before we move on, is that he says, 
you have seen now another, I think, King James. Pull that up. Uh, it's just, just imagine this. This is Jesus the man with the spirit of the Father in him. He's talking in third person. I think he says, he that is with you. Let's just see what it says. This jumped out at me. And let's see what verse is this. We're on verse 35 or so, right around here. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may worship? And Jesus said, You have both seen him, and it is he that talks with thee. Now this is Jesus. This is the Spirit of the Father. This is the way I see it. This is the Spirit talking to him out of Jesus' body. The man, the one that's talking to you, this body, this person that's talking to you right now, is he. <laughs> Can you see that? It's yeah. the Spirit of God talking through the man, Jesus, telling him, hey, the guy you're talking to is is he. Amen. I don't know if you can see what I'm seeing, but it's pretty profound. Yeah, and this and is because it says, because it says, it's like, right, because the stock says both. Right, that's it. That's that's interesting, and that's what that's one one reason why I recommend you study multiple versions. Gus uses the KJV primarily. I use the ESV, but when when you go to different versions of, especially when you have questions or want to go deeper, it's beautiful. You have seen him, and he is he is you speaking to you, right? And then you see here on thirty seven, thou hast both seen him, and it is that talketh with thee. So a beautiful way to dig deeper into scripture is to look at multiple versions. And I teach a whole, a whole class, a whole area on the reliability of the Bible and how textual criticism shows us that these translations have been accurately transcribed, right? You can trust almost all these. Some of them have different NIVs thought for thought. So it's going to be a little less accurate, but it's going to be better for readers that, that have less English skills, right? Um, if you want to do word for word, you kind of want to go to the KJV, the new KJV, the ESV, the NASB. So uh, this is a beautiful practice of using multiple versions to really get deeper into the Word of God. To finish this story real quickly, this says, uh, um, so obviously just that huge statement where Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and he is he who is speaking to you. And what's this man say? He says, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we all so blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Amen. So one thing I just wanted to emphasize here is, And he worshipped him. Remember, only God should be worshipped. And this is more evidence because Jesus is not saying, like an angel, anytime you start worshipping the angel in the Bible, you'll see he always says, no, don't worship me. Stand up. You worship him, right? Almost always. Mm-hmm. But does Jesus correct him here? No. Why? Because he is God in flesh. He's the word that became flesh. And we have seen his glory. It's the glory of the from the Father, of the only Son, he is. So people who say he did not claim to be God are just wrong. He is God in flesh. Mm-hmm. 
and he's accepting worship. He forgave sins, things only God can do. And he also said, before Abraham, I am. This is the living good word become flesh as God here on earth, Emmanuel, God with us. How awesome is that? And this is what we need to do. We need to say this. If you have not done this, you need to bow before the Lord and say, Lord, I believe. Romans 10, 9 says that if you believe in your heart, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So make sure that you're not doing what the Pharisees are doing and thinking legalistic and thinking too logically and being in religion versus just understanding it's obvious. This guy made the blind see and the deaf speak and the mute to hear and he raised Lazarus from the dead and many other people from literally this is the resurrection become flesh for us. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I believe just like this man did. Anything else there, Gus? Amen. Mm -hmm. Only that uh, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. You mm -hmm. know, before we meet Jesus, we're all, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it's when you encounter the word, it's key, we're blind mm -hmm. and we're ignorant to it. But when we see the word and believe, now we're refreshed and renewed. But they're claiming they're not blind. So mm -hmm. their guilt remains. I mean, they're opposing the word of God himself, you know. So that's important. And, and a lot of folks, I feel, if we don't know the word of God, you know, there's a scripture when he's talking to Philip, he says, uh, show us the father and it will suffice us, mm -hmm. will satisfy us. And he says, and this is the spirit of God speaking through Jesus again, he says, I've been with you so long and you still don't know me. He said, show us the father, you still don't know me. Mm -hmm is when you see me that is when you see the word of god you see the father so you can't conjure up a god of your own imagination another place it says cast down every vain imagination exalts itself above the knowledge of god the knowledge of god comes from the word of god mm -hmm. we really think a lot of people think they know what love is but was it john first john 4 27 i think for first john 4 12 i think somewhere in there god is love mm -hmm. he defines love because he is love and when you discover his love it's so much better than the lustful love of this world because it's everlasting mm -hmm. it truly is yeah and we know that um you know he first loved us as you said right um, that uh, that's a beautiful thing and um, what we need to realize is that he went to the cross with even while we were sinners as Romans 5 8 says while we were still sinners Christ died for us and that's why we're gonna sing this Gus would you mind reading these uh, verses sure at the cross at the cross I surrender my life where your love ran red in my sin washed white I owe all to you, Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7 tells us, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. The second verse is, A place where mercy reigns never dies. Streams of grace flow deep and wide. All the love I've ever found. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy 
and find grace to help in time of need. And that's Hebrews 4, 6. Mm -hmm. And then the final verse we have here is, the highlight here is, where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness. And Colossians 2.15 tells us, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to shame by triumphing over them in him. That is in Jesus Christ. That's why we put the armor of God on every day. Helmet of salvation tells us that we're saved by his grace. It's nothing that we did. So the enemy can't mess with you and say, ah, oh, you're not saved. <laughs> saved by his grace what he did at the cross mm -hmm. let's worship what he did at the cross there's a place where mercy reigns and never dies there's a place where streams of grace flow deep and for all the love I've ever found Comes like a flood Comes flowing down At the cross, at the cross I surrender my life I'm in all
peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ah, beautiful. Uh, we've burned through most of the hour and a half. I guess we've got a late start, though, so we, we want to spend some time, though, just getting some conversation going with anybody that's on chat. If you have any questions or thoughts on, on uh, 9, I'm sorry, on John 9 here. Um, we'd love to just hear your thoughts. So you can raise your hand backstage and or um, unmute, but I'd love to just hear any thoughts that you have. Gus, anything else hit you when you were going through that song? Uh, hmm. I don't think any nothing that we haven't touched, I don't think. Yeah. I was just looking at some notes I looked at and highlighted earlier. Yeah. We're waiting for our questions. Yeah, so the Oh, I have one highlight here that I noticed. I forget which verse it was, but Jesus had said, we must work the works of him who sent me. Mm -hmm. Notice he didn't say, I must work the works of him that sent me. He says, we yeah. <laughs> must work the works of him that sent Jesus. So that jumped off the page at me. Yep, that is right here in verse 4, 9, 4. We must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. So I think that applies to now that we have the Holy Spirit in us, 50 days later after he was resurrected, right? We see uh, Pentecost happens and uh, the Holy Spirit fire comes down as flames of fire and they're speaking in other languages and 3,000 people, men, come to the Lord that day and the day of Pentecost. And uh, we must do the works of him who sent me. And that's why one of my favorite memory verses is John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus tells us, right, that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. And even greater works will he do. Amen. Because and he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Remember, they had that period between... That his death and the time of Pentecost where they were all up in arms. Oh, Lord, mm -hmm. you know, it was a dark period. They're praying and everything all up in the upper room. So it's as if he had left the world. Mm -hmm. And then he came back, walked on the earth. But now in the day of Pentecost, now Jesus is in the world. He is the light through us because mm -hmm. we're his body and he's the head. Amen, because now, because the end of that 14, 12, um, John 14, 12, which we'll get to pretty soon, it, it literally says, because I go to the Father. When he went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit down on Pentecost. And now that Holy Spirit of that day is still here today. It's active, and we can leverage that by the authority and power of the name above all names. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, Amen, and going back to my analogy of the computer, you know, the enemy... Really, I always think that the computer system is the their try, attempt to undoing the Tower of Babel, mm -hmm. where he confounded their languages, and now through the computer technology and stuff, they can kind of work around that, so they think. So they're copying what God has already created. There's nothing better than the Holy Spirit in all of us. We're tethered to him. It's like Jesus on the cloud. We're all connected to him. We hear and we we hear those things our father says through him and we do the things we see him want us to do and everything and it's 
is far more superior to this stuff, this, this junk that we work on. How many problems do we have with our electronics all the time? But you won't have no problems with the Holy Spirit <laughs> all working right. through us. So we got some hands up there. Yeah, go ahead, Kathy. My comment is regarding to the Sabbath uh, problem that they were having. As someone who was brought up as a Sabbath keeper, we were always, you know, told that genuine human need always supersedes the commandment of the Sabbath day. And also, it mentions, not in that text right there, but other place where, you know, if your ox falls in the ditch, then you'll get them out, right? Mm -hmm. It was lawful to get them out because it's a genuine need to not leave your ox there to be attacked by wild animals or if it has a broken leg or whatever happened to it while it was falling into the ditch that you need to take care of it mm -hmm. it's a genuine need you need to take care of it so always supersedes the human need always supersedes the commandment mm -hmm. yeah i think so, it, go ahead gus well, I was going to say, basically, if you're going to get your ox out of the ditch, this man's been blind all his life. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. And remember, it's because I was telling you, the point of the Sabbath was rest and, and well-being. So doing good and helping somebody um, with their well-being uh, is, is obviously a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but great point. Amen. Good point, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Terry. I, I want to comment on um, Kathy's comment first. You know, the Sabbath is the day of worship. And so what did Jesus do? He healed somebody and the man worshiped. Yeah. It was great. And so to me, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But I also wanted to bring up there are just no accidents. We, and I won't say a lot about it, but we went to Courts of Heaven today with Gloria. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how everything that you're saying, Rick, and what we're studying, there's so much relevance to what we did in the Courts of Heaven today. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, Linda and I were chatting and there's no, there's absolutely no accidents that this all ties in together mm. you know and the way i see it is that god not not only knitted us in our, in our mother's womb but he's knitting us together mm. through his word so that we can stand in the body of christ and that we need to be courageous and yes glory i'm saying that courageous because that was one of the things i took away from today mm -hmm. was um to be courageous in the Lord's army. Ah, amen. To be able to have that sword. And so as you've been talking about this, there's so much that you have said that ties in with what we did today. And I just, I'm overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit today. Amen. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what this is all about. That's well, awesome. Mm -hmm. He does that. I remember, I can't tell you how many times when I went to church you go in the message like he's speaking directly to you or it's 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 amazing how god can speak to all of us at once and uh make things relevant yeah, and i just wanted to 
I just wanted to use that uh, as a jumping point to make sure everyone's listening to my voice right now understands what Backstage is all about. It's a Backstage ministry, and it's all about the Blessed Teach Ministries uh, of people coming together with a bunch of these free pieces that he's pulled together. And that is, uh, we've got uh, the show, obviously, but after the show, we get together backstage here, and you can be backstage during the show. You'll be backstage talking to these awesome Patriot guests. You can be backstage when we're worshiping um, for word and worship as well as praise and prayer four days a week. I'll be doing this on Sunday morning as well at 10 a.m. CST. But we really invite you to come in. And then there's also a free, um, backstage, backstage is free now. It used to be 1776 because of all the value people were getting a month. Every month people were paying that. And now we have it as a pay forward model. So um, you can come back free. And then, then we have the neighborhood where all the groups are being housed, right? And you can be, that's a free platform. It's a Facebook replacement. Instead of Facebook groups, we're doing neighborhood groups where it's other Christian patriots. So don't be isolated during these times. Come and see. Come and see, I say, uh, and see what the whole backstage mystery is. Uh, get in the neighborhood, join some of these Zoom groups that you can be a part of, or come backstage with us uh, right after the shows. I think you'll love that. But go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Second, uh, with, the, with the analogy that uh, Gus had about the, uh, the computer, I see what happened as a virus, and as we are reading the word, we are reprogramming ourselves to what God would have us be. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. And I believe that that's where we're having issues within different churches, and that is the virus is settled there, and so they're not hearing the word of God. They're trying to, oh, well, let's not offend anyone, or it's just about love. It is about love, but we're also supposed to convict where there is sin, so that that person can repent and get right with the Lord. Amen. And if we don't do that, then we're not showing love. Exactly right. That's a great point. That's a great point, Dave. And uh, something that is very clear, the prophets are even talking about this now, is that we can't be, we shouldn't be accepting the sin we should be acknowledging the sin loving the people hating the sin loving the people loving the people hating the sin making sure people understand what sin is and isn't and make sure that we are helping them grow in christ and come closer to him um that's a very good point hey there was another discussion backstage that i thought was interesting when somebody said uh, so god created the earth and so who created God? And that's a very good point that I go through in my apologetics all the time, right? It's a, actually a very important question to understand that God was not created. He wasn't a created being. And so because the logic of it, where did everything come from, the fact that we exist means that something created us, right? And nothing can create itself, right? So what is, the, what is God? God has always existed. He's eternal. That's a definition of the... Of the, of the alpha, the alpha, we aren't alpha, okay? We might be omega because we continue to go on, but we are not alpha, nobody's alpha. The only alpha is the thing that's always existed. And so what part of logic does something that's always existed break? Nothing, nothing. It's important to understand that the first cause, something had to create 
the first things, right? So, so by definition, something had to always be existing. That's our eternal God. That is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They are the first cause. They've always existed unlike any other thing. And they created everything else because they've always existed. It's an important thing. Some people fall down on that logic, but it shows that any atheist, they, 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 can't, they can't stop at that point. If you're an atheist, then what was the first cause? The fact that that atheist is alive defies the logic of being able to be have being alive and created because you have to have a first cause. That first cause is the creator. They've always, it's, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost has always existed. Um, go ahead, uh, um, Annette. Annette Die was there. Die was before. Okay, yeah, I'm only looking at the cameras. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking as well about Shabbat mm -hmm. and the rules surrounding it. Yes. And the main things that the Pharisees were particular about was not doing things on, on Shabbat. It's supposed to be a rest day. Yeah. Yet they were clearly working because they were out keeping watch on other people. <laughs> so they were kind of being a bit hypocritical in that sense, weren't they? That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> Excellent point. They are working in judgment. <laughs> yeah. That's a so great they were point. Working harder than Jesus was healing the blind man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent point. I, I love it, Di. I love it. Go ahead, Annette. Um, well, I was thinking about um, when Jesus is talking in the third person, uh, that is interesting, but I think that it could be that he was uh, reverence the Father, the Holy Spirit in him, of course, but he was also acknowledge himself as a human i mean as a body of a human mm -hmm. because he had to die as a human also amen so i don't know what you think about that Rick. i don't know yeah he was the son of man and yes. he was the son of god at the same time yeah and he's saying that in this third person right yeah and, uh, reverence. yeah yeah and this is a this is real common there's different parts of the bible the bible clearly teaches from end to end there's only one god right it's everywhere you know, throughout the bible but there's some verses that confuse people and that the cults will use to try to teach the opposite and it'll and it, for instance in in uh, genesis it talks about um it, will, it uses the word us when it's talking about it. and I think most of the time that's talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when he's talking about us, mm -hmm. right? Or it could be talking about um, God and the angels uh, in, at times as well. But uh, yeah, I think that's a very common um, where you got to understand that he is one God, one one essence, but he's also the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He's in three persons. So. Yes, but on the earth he was dying as a person 
as a human mm-hmm. body. Yeah, he was both. So he, he had was, to acknowledge that. Yeah. That the third person, he was reverenced the Father and the Holy Spirit and himself. He was left out there, but he was in that tree person, right? He was there, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. So mm-hmm. that's that's my point. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Good point. <laughs> we got the truck driver. Uh, working, she's working. It's not. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not. You're not working on the Sabbath. So go ahead. Go ahead, Katie. I'm not working on the Sabbath today. <laughs> go ahead. But every day is the Sabbath day for me. I just, just no. like to worship all the time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to comment about God is not created, mm-hmm. and you know, I read a lot of these science books because I really like the uh, anthropology books Mm. and one thing that I noticed is they always go back to well if if God created man who created God that must mean that God isn't real because we have no definitive proof on who created God but then you read their books on you know where people came from and where the earth came from and where the heavens came from and they're like well we can trace it back to one big bang that brought everything into alignment but we can't figure out who made the bang right (laughs) so these people who say well we can't say that god has always been because there's no definitive proof they can't even prove where man came from Mm -hmm. and the earth and the stars that we can see Mm -hmm. so you know it it just cracks me up that they think that there's no proof of god because they don't know where god came from when they can't even figure out where we came from definitively (laughs) with proof so anyway that's all i wanted to say (laughs) all right i love it yeah. Very good, very good points. Now they actually um, try to talk about science and redefine science as whatever um, the mainstream media says it is, right? <laughs> and we're starting to see that uh, that uh, the, the the very logic that nothing can create itself forces the fact that there has to be a first cause, right? That's 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 the point I always like to make to these atheists and or people. That are uh, saying so God. I think die die. Did you put your hand back up? I think I clicked your hand down by accident. If you had it up there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Go ahead first, because <laughs> I I think Rick hit the one hand and I hit I was hitting at the same time. And I hit yours after that. Yeah, that's so. okay. It's, um, <laughs> I actually heard somebody give a quite a good description, sort of of the triune again the other day, and they described it like a three strand piece of rope, where you could like unwinds the three strands but then wind them back up into one if that makes any sense mm. to try and explain that one mm-hmm. yeah there's all kinds of analogies but nothing mm. re- nothing really comes to uh, uh, you gotta gotta be careful because because our god is big right and that uh, we try to put him in a box and try to explain him um, but uh, but uh, you know there's beautiful ones that talk about an egg with the shell and the yolk and the white and and water which is vapor as well as ice as well as water and you can think through these different analogies and I, and I think they kind of help us get a little bit to where it's you know one essence of God but it's three persons 
but clearly what the Bible teaches is there's three persons and they all are God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person. He's not a force. Um, but yeah, I think that's another, another just good way of just thinking about it though. It's one rope, but it's got these three strands, right? It can be one way of looking at it. I like it. I like it. The uh, other, yeah. The other way um, I like to look at it is in a corporate sense. Mm-hmm. As God is the CEO, Jesus is the manager, and the Holy Spirit is the work me. Mm-hmm. I got it. <laughs> good one. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I know we're going way over tonight, but uh, just a beautiful discussion. This is part of what we'd like you to be part of. We do this um, almost every day. There's some type of group of Christian patriots coming together to support each other and prepare for the great uh, harvest that's coming up. A bunch of hurting people are going to need uh, groups that will love on them and will um, eventually help them become disciples. Because that's what, that's what home Matthew uh, 28, 19 through 20 tells us, right? To go and make disciples of all nations. So to make disciples, we have to kind of be together and, uh, and, and support each other getting ready for this great harvest. That's what this ministry is all about. We'd love to have you join us. Get to the neighborhood neighborhood.social just download neighborhood.social on your uh you both both but it's working both on google gmail now i'm sorry google play store it's also working on um the uh, apple apple store and the google play store so make sure you get on there so we're going to go through a couple quick more questions and then we're going to move on to uh, to uh, wrap it wrap her up tonight to get everybody's friday night but we want to say we'd love you guys we want you to join this ministry Again, come to Backstage for free at blessedteach.com, blessedwithnumber2teach.com. That's where you sign up for the show notes. That's where you can get to the free um, Backstage and all, uh, as part of the pay-forward model. You can also go into the neighborhood for free. That's where everything's happening, and we'd love to have you and, um, and search the groups within that neighborhood. Um, you, you should be isolated at this point in time. Come and be part of this Christian patriot family. Uh, we'd love to have you. See, the next one we have is Terry. Um, when Annette was talking about, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, in listening to Julie Green's um, words, the words of God through Julie Green, he's been saying, stand up, stand up, stand up, three times. There's a repeating pattern over and over and over again in her, her prophecies that she gives. Mm-hmm. And I was going, "What? why is it three times? And I asked the Lord, mm-hmm. and he said to me, you know the reason, Terry. <laughs> the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's just like, I think there's so many subtleties. And I, I just, I'm just amazed. I'm really, honestly, there aren't words. Mm. I'm just overwhelmed because God is so good to us and he, he gives us these revelations. And so when Annette was speaking, I just felt that I needed to say, you know, it's over and over again. If you listen to Julie's words, God repeats three times what he's saying. And there's a pattern and there's a reason for that. That's it. Mm-hmm. Probably why the dark side, when they say one of their spells or something, it's they, they say it three times. Again, they're trying to copy God and mimic him. Yes. Nobody can copy God, right? Exactly, exactly. They just want it for bad versus good. That's the difference. <laughs> Elizabeth, go ahead. Morning, guys. I'm topsy turvy. 
<laughs> oh dear. I'm just saying that uh, with the verse 39, um, you know, that Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, to separate those who believe in me and those who reject me, to declare judgment on those who choose to be separated from God, so that the sightless would see, and those who see would become blind. In the words version, the pure word version, it says, I've come into this Satan's world. So, you know, it's just something that my daughter's been doing since she's come back to the Lord and this awakening process has been amazing. And she's been um, speaking to some school friends of hers that they've kept in touch, the Christians, and uh, she's been sharing things and they've been like getting really narky. Um, she's aggro because they're saying well how come God's speaking to you and not to us he's not warning us because God will provide like in the desert he'll provide for us and, and you keep telling us this is coming and it's still not come they're saying that um Rhea gives them words as well like God is giving, giving them prophetic words which is amazing and um one of them even said so are you Moses now and it's funny how you mentioned that earlier and um so she kind of puts it down, she prays, and then she starts again. She says, Mom, I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to let them know. They don't know what, you know, they don't know what's coming. And um, she shared another word the other day, and then she just got a thank you back from just one of them. Um, but one of them pointed out, well, we're learning prophecy at church and how to do the gifts of the Spirit, and we're, we're being shown how to do prophecy now. Um, it's just really strange because the religious spirit just keeps coming up in the group and my daughter just keep, you know, praying over them, loving them and carrying on. So when you said Terry stand, Nan stand, um, that's something that my daughter is doing. Um, and I'm really proud of her. Good. Because she's getting, getting pushed a bit, you know, but she goes back for more with love. And uh, it's so, it, it's so evident, you know, that we are in Satan's world. And, people are deceiving Christians and churchgoers because it's so much like a man's plan, not God's plan, you know. Now you just reminded me of something too that I was going to show some pictures. Let me see if I can find these real quick because I can't. I don't usually do this, and so I'm trying to find where I put them. Um, see if I can find. There they are. So uh, just FYI, I forgot to do this. I was going to talk about the synagogue. So when we were in Israel, here is this uh, temple that this is a 360 panorama view of a temple that is likely where Jesus uh, was teaching in, in Capernaum. Um, now this temple is a, is a second century uh, Byzantine time temple. Uh, you can see some of the things here. It's, uh, it's all in Hebrew though, so really hard, tough to, for us to read. But this is a but what was interesting right down here they excavated some more down below this second century temple and uh right here so that the the detail is here in the same space you can see this is a this is likely uh, the stones of the 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 capernaum temple that jesus uh taught in which is mentioned multiple times in the gospel so it's kind of cool to see that. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that we were uh, that 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 was another cool thing about synagogues, and we we were able to see the house of Peter was right outside of this, uh, where Jesus spent a ton of time. We got to see millstones from the time period, etc. Um, I think this was part of uh, the house of Peter, 
Uh, so we'll spend some more time as we dig into some of our trip. And uh, this was actually part of the house of Peter here. You can see some rooms and some places to sit here, etc. that were um, in these different areas that uh, they've excavated that they think are the house of Peter where Jesus spent a ton of time. So anyway, just exciting things that we were, were there. We'll get into more of that at a later time. But uh, Dave, go ahead. Uh, question came up on my mind here. Was, uh, okay, we know with through a normal childbirth, you have the man and the woman. Through this conceptual childbirth, we had the woman, so her egg, bring in the human side, but we had the Heavenly Father, so we did not have an earthly uh, father uh, DNA, let's say, in it. When Jesus was saying, not my will, you know, take away this cup if possible, that, I believe, was the human side of him. So, in the uh, scripture, when it talks about being at the right-hand side of God, is that the second Adam or the, the second part of the human part of Jesus sitting by God? Or is that just referencing authority? Any thoughts on that, Gus? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, I always I, thought it was um, the authority of God, the, the right hand. Uh, uh, it's symbolic of authority. But I have another interesting analogy is that... <clears throat> He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. I think of the marriage supper of the Lamb, and who's sitting at the left hand, the bride of Christ. It's like there's a marriage where the two are together. But that's my thinking. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Because uh, we, it says that through one man, sin had came. Mm -hmm. Well, we notice through Jesus, there was not an earthly father that conceived him. So sin did not, that's how he could be sinless. Amen. He was both a man but and God, we know that. It was yep. a, a human trial for obedience there. Because we know that through, through that egg there had to be a soul of a man. But then we also know that there was the spirit of the Lord there. Yeah, he, he was unique compared to everybody else because uh, Romans 3.23 clearly says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory. But the exception was uh, Jesus, who had who was 100% God and 100% man. Um, but yeah, great great thinking. I uh, love it, Dave. Um, I wanted to end uh, tonight, um, before everybody gets back to their Friday night, um, is just one more song. Uh, it's, it's just so awesome to just be worshiping him as we learn and discuss the Word of God. Um, there's so many great other great discussions going on all week. Just go to the neighborhood.social and get in some of the groups. Some of the groups you might not like, that's fine. Try them out and get into ones that fit you. Or you can create your own group and get a group of people because that's what we're, I believe we're going to have hundreds of groups eventually. And they're going to be different ones for different types of people, right? Some people may be very comfortable, for instance, speaking in tongues and doing that all the time and others aren't. So there'll be different groups. Um, for different types. We've got the Holy Spirit firepower. I know that uh, Pam's doing ver versus uh, some other things like Courts of Heaven versus uh, uh, the, the Saturday group with, uh, with Tammy that is, that is Truth Connectors. Um, so all these aren't for everybody, but uh, that, I encourage you to come and try them. 
Get involved. Do not be isolated at this time. Be with other Christian patriots because the big hard times are coming, guys, for, for, for as, it, the, as the Lord really shakes everything. And we have to be focused on the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Make sure you're part of uh, a group of people that think like you who are Christian patriots. Um, I think it's really important. Um, so we're going to end with uh, this next song that is about the heart of worship. And so, uh, Gus, I don't know if you mind going ahead and, and just digging into this scripture as we finish up the, day, the night with, uh, with another great worship song. Sure. Sure will. The heart of worship. Uh, the first line is, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I've made it. That's what all the legalistic people should be saying when they open their eyes up. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. That's Mark 8, 34b. And John 4, 23b says, Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's the Holy Spirit and the Word. Uh, second verse we want to highlight is, You search me deeper. You're looking into my heart how things appear. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. That's 1 Samuel 12, 24a. And then 1 Kings 61a tells us, let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord our God. Mm -hmm. And then the third verse we want to highlight is, King of endless worth, how much you deserve. All I have is yours. The Lord reigns forever your God for all generations at Psalm 146, verse 10, the NIV. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and also for the sins of the whole world. First John 2, verse 2. Yes. He's the king of endless worth. Search much deeper into our heart. So we just need to come back to the heart of worship. King of endless words 
how much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship Cause it's all about you It's all about you I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it Cause it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses For when I am weak, then I am strong He's anointing sacrifice for our sins And also for the sins of the whole world if anyone would come after me, let them deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. More than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you Father and Spirit and Truth. Wow. That wraps up our uh, Word and Worship Friday, Healing on the Sabbath. That's what we were talking about. Isn't that interesting? Just uh, the fact that what we have here is the healing on the Sabbath. Oh, there's where that was. 
Those pictures were right on there. So healing on the Sabbath word and worship. We will have this every Friday night that Gus and I are available. We will be doing this. Um, we'll be hitting chapter 10 next week in Book of John on Friday word and worship. And then Sunday word and worship, I'll be going over more end times teachings, going through the book of Daniel, as well as looking at things like in Thessalonians and Matthew and um, Revelation. So uh, if you guys want to dig into that with me, uh, we'll be going over that on Sundays, Mondays and Thursdays. Um, so uh, that is a great time to be able to be fed by the Word of God. Renew your mind with the Word of God. I just wanted to give uh, Gus some last words before we say goodbye. Well, I just want to say shalom, shalom, shalom. <laughs> it's been a good night. I love the input from everybody. I love when everybody contributes their thoughts and everything because we all see things differently and when we put it all together we're all working together to figure out the, the length the height the width the depth of, of jesus and the kingdom of god so it's it's amazing when we all share together in love thank you guys thank you guys so i just invite you all to come backstage again go to blessedteach.com bless with the number two teach.com that's where you sign up for show notes that's where you will be able to see the recorded shows that's where you'll be able to also get the free link to the neighborhood.social which you can also download on your your phones neighborhood.social on the play store and the google store it's also where you get to the free backstage just hit the backstage tab bless the teach.com bless with the number two teach.com come and see okay you guys will really enjoy this ministry get involved in the neighborhood.social groups um with that if you guys want to all unmute and uh and say goodbye Hi y'all. Goodbye. Bye. 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 I <laughs> got Lord is Chris, Katie is like uh, romper room. You know when they had the little thing. I see <laughs> me and Chris. And, and I can see <laughs> you. Romper room, Just you all came back a little more glorious. You know, bye, bye, so you're, you're you're shiny. You're, so you're shiny. just shiny. Yeah, you're yeah. very glorious. Exactly. Yes, yes, I'm you just excited. dated yourself. <laughs> I did, I? It must be the uh, mud bath. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I guess just being where Jesus walked. We'll do it. Yeah. Right? That'll do it every time, won't it? I saw you look I saw you, you look different. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's severe. he's shiny, shiny like Moses. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> After makes the heart good like a medicine. Mary like a medicine. I love it. I love it. I like it, Gus. It looks good on you. Alone. I've got all kinds of pictures. Okay. We gotta get our rubber bands. There you go. There you go. Shalom, shalom. God bless y'all. I hope it's not a bad Look at you. I can't do it. Everyone have a great uh, Friday night that's in the U.S. and uh, elsewhere. <laughs>
<laughs> There's got I'm not the only one that has a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be eighty years old he's, in order to like, do it. Still on, Good for still you. You got this long. That's exactly right. Uh, oh Lord, mercy! <laughs> shalom, shalom. Love y'all. Shalom. All right, we'll see you Sunday morning. That can make it 10 a.m. CST is the Sunday service of word worship. God bless you. Talk to you soon. God bless. Bye. Bye. God bless. God bless.